Well, are we back on? We're here. Good, good. The mobile recording studio yeah. returns. Yeah, a uh, bit of uh, contracting blood on yeah. the, on the uh, stereo. The mammoth compilation that is contracting blood, the very best in UK thrash metal. A history of. Yeah. For anyone that hasn't got it, it's worth. Go and get it. Absolutely. Thirty quid. Not. Not bad. Five at all. CDs. Yeah. Little book with all the with all the stuff in there. Well, a little and book. It's a mammoth book. Well, there's the accompanying book. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. The, yeah. The, the actual, the actual book that. Um, Ian Glasper wrote as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, yeah. It's, it's definitely worth getting it if anyone's. That's a good way to start the podcast. Oh, great way <laughs> that is selling that. Brilliant, unbelievable. But the reason we're here is to we haven't been for a while doing the bread and butter um, podcast, podcast yeah. have we? Because we've had uprising, but we're back on it now. We're back on with tonight. We're probably going to get as far down as Truro. I reckon <laughs> we're heading yeah. west. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which for anyone doesn't know where we are that's about five hour journey so <laughs> yeah. we are yeah we're going to try and um, crack straight into atrophy and summarise a lot of the comments yeah and thanks everyone again for the comments hard work and great words that uh, uh, spawned from atrophy because um, really enjoyed listening to that um, and reading them just because for me not the biggest fan and not 100% familiar with them so it was uh, it was kind of like an enlightening moment for myself so that was good so let's go straight off with comment of the month yeah. well comment of the fortnight and that was uh, Chris Jennings so read him out fantastic album the one thing Atrophy's Violent by Nature had that many thrash releases seem to forget was choruses shit loads of the catchy buggers yeah in their eyes slipped through the cracks, violent by nature and forgotten but not gone, all contains huge hooks and memorable choruses that once heard and never forgotten. A rare commodity in a genre that often favoured blinding speed and all-out assault over the actual songwriting, and one that enabled atrophy to stand out from the majority of the thrash pack. Big words, really. Yeah, it's good, yeah. The result was an album that hit with a measurable groove, cunning melody, and some of the catchiest, bounciest, mosh pit friendly thrash at anthems ever to be found on one album love it Chris was quite a big fan yeah but that passion that, that he's got for that album came through in his words definitely and um, just going back to uh, he did mention a few songs there he didn't mention probably the thrash song with the stupidest name yeah gosh puppies and yeah. friends puppies <laughs> 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 I mean I can't believe that they got you, you know what guess what we should call it this is their first song on this new album and it's a banger let's call I tell you what guys let's call it fuck you know I mean, didn't someone go you know what I think we should readdress that title yeah. you know what I mean you've, you've got the cool artwork you know you... <laughs> yeah it really doesn't fit in with anything you know but um, yeah really I, I totally 100% agree with the hooky catchy uh, choruses because I had Violent by nature, ramming around my head for the entire fortnight. You know, even when I wasn't listening to the fucker, so it really did, um, really did sink in. So uh, I, I, I totally agree with that. And I thought he was sort of like, you know, saying that, did he say like groovy, yeah, kind of, measurable groove, yeah, cunning I, melody, cunning melody. I did think it was moving to a certainly violent, but actually that drum bit at the beginning of it does remind me of that sort of like biohazard, urban discipliney that more kind of breakbeat kind of stuff that, that came after the heyday of Thrash and it was kind of moving into that so um, it's just a shame that it didn't really spawn more albums by Atrophy really but I thought they had a lot to offer but hey ho 
Well, they seem to be coming back anyway, don't they? There seems yeah. to be, which we'll, we'll touch upon, a um, yeah. possibility of a tour over here. And uh, Hans-Jörg Zarth. This album deserves much more attention. An album full of killer tunes and brilliant vocals. Vocals that are much better than the usual evil cookie monster style that's so often heard in the thrash genre. Too bad that Violent by Nature was a victim of the circumstance and too many so-so records were released during that period. Quality rock-wise, one of the top records. I think that's right. I think at yeah. a time when there were just lots and lots of releases coming out, it was a time when thrash, okay, it was starting to struggle a bit, wasn't yeah. it? But yeah. uh, you had to really be at the top of your game to stand out. And yeah. was it at the top of the game? It was, looking back now, and we're reviewing it in isolation, yeah. it's, a, it's a good album, a very good album. And the members have kind of reflected that in their votes and in their comments. But was it a kind of something that was going to kind of bear the flag and carry it through to the kind of challenge the likes of the the big guns? Probably not. But it's no, still, a, no, still, a, still an album worthy of you know our little hall of fame. Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh God, yeah. Because I think you know if you think uh, thrash, not that thrash is all said and done now because there's still loads of new releases coming out. But you know I think a good thrash album at this point in time is a good thrash album regardless of when it came out so really that like you say that was kind of when it was all the big hitters were on the decline and thrash was kind of going downhill at somewhat and certainly the uh sort of smaller bands the more hardcore thrash bands were struggling at this point to to um to get on the map sort of thing but i just think if you fuck that off out of it it's a good thrash album there's no question about it and i think it really does sit in that kind of pocket of um excellent thrash metal you know regardless of what year it was it was made in so that was good good comment okay frank holby seems a lot of us saw them with their with sacred reich in the early 90s yeah this was a true masterpiece of the time extremely violent thrash metal hang on a minute just bear with me here are we going to need to no, I don't think so. We, we shouldn't lose we've, what we've recorded. I don't think so. I fucking okay. haven't got it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I actually had this on my car today. I had this on vinyl, bought from the Vinyl Village in Barkingside, where I would like to see if they still have the power and violence in their performance these days. Great to still, great to see they're back together and apparently making some new music. This will be a high score from me. Right. Well, um, and I think Frank listens to all the fresh metal albums of Fortnite in shed. Uh, and, he, and he's in his like man cave there, so he can, I can well imagine him getting sort of batting bat down the hatches and cracking a few beers. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, it's great when you see someone who's passionate, and I'll just turn in the page there David Henry with his picture of the yeah, yeah. The, um, the vinyl, whatever. The vinyl. And there was someone else who um, I was just yeah. flicking through the comments, and uh, he. He unearthed his box of vinyl and atrophy violent by yeah. nature was in there. And you know, I was just thinking, I was really interested to see what was underneath all those other ones, teasing us with a you know, a lot yes. of the a lot of the thrash that might have been in there. And I thought, well, you never know, it could be a feature in the future, a possible kind of show us your flick through, you know, a two yeah. minute video. It'd be interesting really. Oh, that's a good idea. And you know, I, I think we'll well I'll have we a, get the YouTube channel up together. We'll, uh, definitely, we'll yeah, because it'd be really interesting, really exciting to see some people's uh, the variety in people's collections yeah. but also some of the highlights that they've got some of the hidden gems yeah definitely that'd be good okay so david henry i bought this on the week of the release the record shop was pretty crap where i live so i had to go to cardiff for it i love the first album this was a good follow-up 
standout track for me is Violent by Nature, but I love them all. I never got to see them live, which is gutting. I still listen to this and the other album on a regular basis, being an old school thrasher, so I'm well chuffed that this is up for discussion. Thank you, Random Generator. As ever. Terry Mapp. I first heard of this album on the Friday Rock Show in 1990 with Tommy Vance. Ah, legend. Staying up, <laughs> staying up after ten on a school night. Yeah. Finger hovering well, over. Well, 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 it wasn't really a school night. It was Friday night. Yeah, it? but he might have been a boarding school and kind of technically. Did <laughs> <laughs> they go to board? Well, so he might have been away at term time and had to. Oh, I'm just, I'm just being a bit. That's a fucker <laughs> if he was. Isn't it? Yeah, his, his weekends were to were was were, were school night. Oh. No, um, but. I remember Crusher's show, he, could, he used to have it on GLR, Greater London Radio, so those that aren't familiar with that would not have a clue, but it was just a regional radio show, radio station in London, and Crusher, I think they were just the kind of, he was at the the whim of the, you know, the programme makers really, so yeah, go, right, yeah. it's going to be a Monday night for the next few <laughs> next few months, Crusher, and then it was like, Crushes Tuesday Metal Madness or you know Sunday Night Metal Madness so I think you know they kind of can pushed about yeah yeah I don't know quite why I went with that but I think it was just that uh, Tommy Vance's was always the Friday right, rock show, wasn't show yeah absolutely uh, yeah so hovering around a, uh, ten, 10 on a school night finger hovering around the record button on my tape deck ready to catch anything new and thrashing that was due out this was the one I sourced a copy on tape it was is a great thrash album of the time and it's a real shame that thrash was on the decline by 1990 and they didn't get the success they should have i had the tape up to a few years ago but was lucky to find a second-hand cd copy for under 20 quid at the time so i sold the tape is that how much they go for is it the, uh, it seems that there's some kind of um, not that i really collect cds but um some metal CDs just seem to be in such high demand whether yeah, that's because yeah. they were obviously produced in such low numbers I don't know or, yeah maybe uh, yeah uh, a bit similar to the vinyl but um, yeah this one wouldn't have got a big run as far as production is concerned in that the actual volume like you said it was on the decline and no one was buying fresh metal like I say it's still a banger of an album I'm, I'm on the lookout I obviously never did get you know get a copy of this so I'm, I'm well up for getting a copy though if uh, I can find one and the possibility that they might be touring. Yeah, do you want to talk a little bit about that? Why not? Yeah, before we move on to the uh, the regulars, the Thrash Island Discs and the top yeah. five kicks. So there, there was a bit of a strange thing, wasn't it? You, yeah. you, well, you posted it. So have you briefly about the promotion, the, the, yeah, the, the so, promoter? Yeah, so a guy um, got on to, it was, it was kind of buried actually, because I think it was quite low down in the, in the um, you know, in, in the uh, post. And he replied to someone and he just said, look, I can't put this on myself. I think people are used to normal groups where you can post whatever the hell you like. We don't do that. Um, and he basically said he's in a band called, it's a, it's a thing of Black Sabbath. I can't remember what they're called, but he basically said, look, we're in a band. We're trying to get a tour together in some, I think it was Greece or somewhere like that with Atrophy. We'd love to come over and play other territories such as the UK and anywhere else really. Um, is anyone on, on uh, can anyone sort of help us out and, and um, you know, reply to me if you can. So I just messaged him and said, look, you know, what can we do? You know, if I didn't know if it was real, I didn't know what, you know, I, I have no idea. So I basically said, you know, what can we do? What can the group do to, to help? 
and he said, well, are you a promoter? I went, no, I'm not. <laughs> and he said, well, could you just post this? And he, I said, right, whatever you want me to post and I'll do it. And that's what I did. And I, he basically pleaded with anyone that knew any promoters or knew any venues that would, would stick the show on and hopefully they could schedule it and finance it and all the rest of it. So I've kind of, you know, just, I don't know, not that I know if any, any of you guys out there are promoters or no promoters, but I just, you know, it's up to, you know, if we can get it to, to, to uh, happen, that's fair playing. If we've played a very, very small part in that, that's great. But again, don't know whether it's genuine, don't know whether it's true. I believe that it is because I think I saw something later on on the Atrophy page that he had posted on there and it was the same website and all the rest of it and it was basically just pleading with people that, you know, if you if you can make this happen, you know, let, let's uh, join the dots up and let's get it done. So. I was, and I was surprised because you know Atrophy were and are still a big big kind of name in thrash yeah. and even a comeback tour and um, you know or, or a tour at the moment I was surprised that they would they wouldn't have that kind of already in place and maybe they have I, I, yeah, I just I don't, don't know, know. not yeah. being yeah. not being a musician not knowing you know how the industry works um, you know it, it really interests me the fact that a band like Atrophy would be struggling yeah, yeah. to 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 get a tour, but then it, is that surprising? I don't know. I, I mean, don't know. I mean, are they, are they signed? Have they got a record? Have they got any finance? Yeah. I have no idea. So are they doing it off their own backs? Then I yeah. suppose they are at the mercy of right. Are there any promoters that are willing to put us on? I have no idea. Yeah. Who can help us out and, and answer these questions, Mister PD? So back on to some of the comments re-atrophy, violent by nature. Violent by nature. Reminded me of the days back at the marquee. Yes. So you don't remember that? I kind of think that I do, but because I never read the album, I I, I think I because I do remember that violent by nature. And too scared to ask anyone because everyone was going fucking mental. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'm sure. I, I'm sure. We used to go to a lot of gigs at the Marquee. And as, it was just great, wasn't it? Because you'd go to a gig and you'd have a look on the board and you'd see who would who yeah. would be playing. Yeah, and yeah. You'd be like, it was literally two or yeah. three gigs you could go to in a week if you could. Mm. Not that we went two or three gigs in a week. No. But I'm sure a lot of the people did. But um, yeah, and one of the songs that was always being played over the PA at the heavy heavier shows, I'm sure, was Atrophy, Violent by Nature, along with Death. Pull the plug. Pull the plug was always yeah. on, yeah. Wrong so, side of the tracks by Biohazard yes. was another one that always got spun. Yes, it did. Yeah, yeah, no yeah. Well, I remember going to Entombed, and it was all death metal, And but DJ, I think it was DJ Chuck, was it? He played, he spun um, uh, wrong side of the tracks by Biohazard in the middle of a middle of a death metal concert. So there you go. Is that on the random number generator, What's Urban that? Discipline? Yeah, that would be, uh, it would. Uh, hazard are on, yeah. I, are think, they? I think so. I think uh, so. I have to check it out. That, that might cause a few divisions, mightn't it? But if you think a song like that, wrong side of the tracks, when those drums kick in, it, yeah. it's a it's a brutal. Mind you, we could say that a lot about a lot of songs. Yeah. And, but it, yes, it ain't fresh, is it? But it's a it's a cracker of a tune to unite a lot of. It's a banger of an album, that's for sure. So John Brack, well, I have to say that that was an absolute treat. Classic thrash in the vein of X Order and early Hellbastard. Yeah, good. The seamless transition between speed metal and power groove is superb, which even now the big four have bloops where they're 
where where you're thinking really how fucking lazy the, yeah. the double kick is fresh and knocked down your throat but it's spot on same to my library and a cracking album i like my fresh like my women in the shed with a brew and weed cheers thrash album of the board oh, there you go cheers like his women hey there you go nice like that another one in the man cave fucking giving it some louder louder than hell possibly or possibly on the headphones don't know have you, I've, I've an image now of John Brack in his man cave giving it some but it's a kind of yeah um, maybe we should leave that thought let's there. move on to Neil Brannigan <laughs> and Fuller giving it some this is some solid mid-tempo thrash and whilst there's nothing outstanding about it the songs are pretty catchy the riff's generic enough to know what's happening but unique enough to give them their own sound that said it doesn't really grab me in the way similar era Exodus Sacred Right or Heathen did they were oh not, okay they okay. were not a bad live band at the time I saw them and the songs worked in that environment better I don't dislike it but it doesn't keep me coming back for more there are a few tracks like the title track that work in a compilation but as an LP it's a mediocre six from me oh okay now that's interesting so was it Sacred Reich what was the other band he mentioned and Heathen and yeah. what was the other band Exodus Exodus so what album was Exodus was that Impact is Imminent yeah, it would have been. Well, this is, yeah, what's Violent by Nature? 91, wasn't it? I thought it was 1990, 91. Okay, yeah. So, so, Impact is Imminent Exodus, that would have been the uh, equivalent one. Uh, Sacred Ride would that have been Independent? 91? Uh, American Way was 90, so oh, Independent okay. was 92. Yeah. And then, oh, okay. So, and then Heathen was Breaking the Silence? I'm not 100% sure with Heathen, they're not one of my familiar ones. But I think, yeah. yeah, I mean, Breaking the Silence might have been a little bit earlier than that, but that would have been their big one around there. Yeah, okay. So it doesn't grab him as much as those. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. But as we know, having met uh, Neil, he's fucking brutal, isn't he? He don't mind fucking saying their shit if he thinks their shit. <laughs> Right, uh, and he knows his stuff as well, yeah, he? so he yeah, knows yeah, where, he's, where no we can understand what he's saying there. No, no sitting on the fence there, that's what we like. Uh, another Neil, Neil Bolton. My review, late this time, sorry. I was very disappointed when this appeared in my feed last week. Or should I say I'm disappointed with the comments? There were so many. When I bought Socialised Hate in the late 80s, nobody else I knew liked or cared about atrophy, but I loved it. I loved them that no one else did. Only to be shocked in 2019, I am not alone. Puppies and Friends starts off... (laughs) (laughs) Puppies and Friends starts off riffy and thrashy without Zimmerman sounding like Chuck Billy. My opinion, I think that's why they were going out for their first offering. Drums lead us into a banging title track, thrashy once again, and a good banger besides the occasional mid-tempo swerve. This band sticks to the formula, a formula many bands stuck to. I like Violent by Nature, but I love Socialised Hate. Thanks for the metal reminder. Well, there you go. So, not too um, popular around about that time. And that does make a lot of sense, actually, doesn't it? Because, as we said, you know, if it's on the decline, you know, a lot of people are sort of looking for something else and moving on and all the rest of it was at that time. But again, if if you just look at it as a thrasher's having no time eras with this, it's good. It's really good. It's the, it stands up there. So glad that he's glad that Neil's found um, some Mike-minded people. And someone else has said this, and it may I mean it may be the next comment that we're going to talk about. Uh, but one thing I I picked up on was the amount of obviously the amount of groove in there. It's, yeah. it's, it's definitely got that you know that kind of sacred Reich yeah. kind of um, groove to it. You know, everyone 
Exhorter there, Groove Metal, and all that. You hear that yeah. all the time, but it's definitely Don't you mean got Pantera. Groove. Pantera, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And not Exhorter. <laughs> Sorry, Cat. Go on. But she likes she likes Pantera. Though. She likes Pantera. Yeah, yeah. That new Pantera album that came out the other day. Yeah. Cat Finch likes Pantera. Yeah. And now you throw me off. Oh no, yeah. So like Sacred Reich and Pantera. Yeah, yeah, yeah. the groove, but also the melody in there. Obviously, yeah, you know yeah. the, the vocal melodies. I'm not talking about that, but the melodies within the instrumentation. Yeah. You know, for such a hard hitting thrash record, um, that had a big sound as well. It's. Um, you know, I thought there was a lot of melodies going on in there. Yeah, you know? that's what I definitely. could hear. That's what I could hear. Anyone. And what's good is that everyone's hearing something different. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You're all, we're all hearing thrash metal. Clearly, it's not yeah. one that's on the fence here. It's not a biohazard. We're not debating it whether it is or not. No, yeah. No, no, this no. is this is thrash. Yeah. So now on to the last comment that we're going to talk about now, and it's a serial comment commenter. Thankfully, he is because he always comes up with banging, really good comments. Gareth Pugh. Yeah. I remember buying this album from my local record shop, the late great Rainbow Records on vinyl. I hadn't heard the debut album Socialized by Socialized Hate, so it was bought on a whim. Back then I'd buy anything thrash orientated. I wasn't disappointed. It's a great album. Okay, I wasn't sure about the title of first track, Puppies and Friends. <laughs> yeah. But it's a corker. Fast, heavy, great chorus and great lyrics against animal testing. In fact the lyrics are very socially aware with great topics violence, euthanasia, education, etc. Musically, it's very varied as well. The man isn't afraid to change speeds and try something different. Sometimes in the same song, it's quite co co coincidence that it's been picked for the latest album to be chosen. I've only just recently bought the digital versions of this and they haven't been available for years, so I'm pretty familiar with it. Favorite tracks are the aforementioned Puppies and Friends and the title track title track and slip through the cracks but there isn't a bad track on here good choice guys no nah, not, not my choice it's the random generator the boy up. actually i think this one having said that it was a great review by the way gareth always uh, really respect and like your reviews um i think this was the one we had that other band that i kind of pulled at the last yeah. minute and i can't remember what the other band were, were called they were like a, sort of almost like a black metal sort of like melodic black metal thrash band. yeah they were not or noir was it that's it, that's was it, it was. Yeah. yeah yeah and I, I like i said i listened to all the albums or i listened to like the first like two three minutes of each first beginning of each album just to make sure that it and i just really didn't get this one i didn't know whether it fit the profile of the club and i think i said to you robbie let's yeah. let's pull it and i i think we made the right decision so the next one down on the random number generator of the spreadsheet after that was atrophy so that's the one that went on and we tend not to interfere too much with the no. random number generator at all do we it's you know uh, sometimes there's extenuating circumstances that you know but you also want to keep the just to explain it a little bit you want to keep that momentum going sometimes yeah you know yeah. if you've had ride the lightning and you put on i don't know Torinaga bastard ballads or the 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 God's, was it God's, God's gift, gift, yeah, God's yeah, yeah, gift yeah. or yeah. something like that. It, it's you're gonna, you're gonna. I wouldn't say alienate a lot of your listeners, but you're gonna, it's, you're gonna have a lot of less comments. Yeah, yeah, certainly, and, yeah. And some, you, you can't always do ride the lightning, then eternal nightmare, you know, then ignorance or something like that. But the random number generated generally is the way it works yeah yeah but as Carl just explained there with uh, the we stepped in, if, we, if we're going to step in we're going to step in <laughs> yeah know, just because I it really I mean go and check them out and see what you think if you want to 
Toronaga. Then they would always check out Toronaga. <laughs> I like that album. Yeah, yeah no, no, I don't know when you were going there. I said, yeah, so really. No, no, I do like there. it. Yeah. <laughs> it was Is that on there? there? Yeah, they're on the list. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Hammer yeah. to the Sky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Yes, that's a banger. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Peter Dolvin was the singer of Haunted. He 
Dress the Dead, the band that Craig Le Cicero from Forbidden. Forbidden. Oh yeah. So he's in a band called Craig, uh, Dress the Dead at the moment. They've oh, got okay. a female singer, and they've just released another single. What are two singers? Uh, no, no. But Peter Dolvin, I'm sure of it. Peter Dolvin was the singer of Dress the Dead for a while before the female singer. Before the female oh, singer, yeah, just on the side route there, but. Uh, we had Brian Duan Brian DeAndrade. He saw Heaven and Hell yeah, in two thousand and seven. Okay. Yeah. And we had Tim Finch, not a ticket but a pass right, for his working. Yeah. Hailstorm. Uh, Hail. That's the female. Yeah. Singer. Yeah. Uh, not really into them, but you know, there's some people. My wife likes them bizarrely. Yeah. They. I think they're. I don't know. I'm. I don't know. I don't like. No, it. no, no. Pete D. Again. Well, what can you say? Well, yeah. Heresy, Larm, Highbell, and Napalm Death. Just fucking Wimbledon, 1987. So he says, absolute fucking brutality, and one of the best club shows from the 80s. And then he talked about seeing Napalm Death in cardboard squat in Harringay <laughs> in 1986. Hell? They played at 2 a.m. in the morning, or at least he thinks he thinks oh, yeah. they did. There was glue, cider, and speed going round everywhere, and you know. So who the fuck knows? Exactly, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, it's that's. And funnily enough, uh, we had uh, a member from America give us um, the heresy, and he was going on about heresy. Costa Rican, Costa Rican thrash metal, yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, and Pete said that. Yeah, he said, yeah. Good stuff, but shame they nicked, nicked the name of the best one of the greatest UK, UK hardcore. hardcore bands. I think Pete Deeper, his neck on the line, said they were the best UK hardcore band. And, and you that, said, I no, said Knuckle Dust. Dust. Yeah, that's right. And he said, no, they're the best current. Oh, okay. So, there you go. John Andrews, Hole. Hole? Hole, yeah, he did. Oh, interesting. And Halloween, Keeper of the Seven Keys. Dave Rowe, I think yes. it was. Now that's what he's talking about. <laughs> that's what he's talking about. Got to have some fucking Halloween, isn't he? That was awesome. And um, and that is the tour to go and see him as well. I think I asked him actually because they had that live album, which I love the cover of, uh, live in the UK. And I think the tour that that album was recorded on was the UK leg of the Keep the Seven Keys tour. So I was just wondering whether it was Dave on that record. That would be awesome. Possibly. And yeah, that was it really for the, the H. Oh no, there's, um, I did H and Godless at the oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> the live yeah. Talking Bollocks that's, that's podcast. Funny, that's funny. Not thrash, but there's, there, there's some thrash involved. So I didn't have a H, I, I'm sure I didn't have another H in there. I wanted to be another live fucking podcast. Yeah, they were really good. Yeah, really, was, really interesting. Just a good idea. I just think, I don't think it's going to happen for a while. What with the music, uh, what the album yeah, coming busy, out. Yeah, busy now, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, so that, so that was it. We then had Thrash Island Discs. Yeah, good popular feature. feature popular. Uh, it was Darren Rob. Darren's a, an always a, a interesting, right, yeah. great commenter, and he, he came up with some absolute bangers for this uh, Thrash Island Disc. So basically, I think everyone that's listening knows what Thrash Island Disc is. Yeah. You go to a you go to a Thrash Island, and what are the albums, the songs you want to take with I, you? I think the next time we post that, I think you should post the questions as well. Did we not? As in, in the, you know, in the main post where you go, this is Darren Rob, and he goes off the answers. Of, I think just the front, you just need to, I think, what do you think? 
That's fine, yeah. A bit yeah. of housekeeping there yeah, for yeah, us yeah, to, yeah, to yeah, sort yeah. out. We can yeah. do that. But I thought we were doing that. Oh, okay. Fair enough. But we're obviously not. No, right. no. Okay. So, first album that's not the big four. You went for Dark Angel, Times It's Not Heal. Yeah. Uh, the um, answers for people that join the, the club, loads of people say Dark Angel. Loads of people love that band. Gig that he wished he'd gone to but didn't go was Metallica in Northern Ireland at Antrim, 1988. He had a work pass to get in. Oh, yes, that's right, yeah. But the doorman wouldn't let him in. Wouldn't let him in. He had Danzig supporting as well. Fucking hell. So it's a gig that... Um, so Metallica and Danzig. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah Justice Story. His mates went in, I think. Because they all had normal tickets. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that is fucking awful. Uh, Favourite cover, Master of Puppets. Favourite logo, Metallica, the classic yeah. logo. Guilty Pleasure. A lot of love seemed to come out for this from a lot of people. Was ABBA? <laughs> makes me sick, man. <laughs> it makes me fucking sick. <laughs> um, did I did I say about my the? I, I think I put in the post about my uh, ABBA thing about my wedding. So at our, my wedding, because my, my wife isn't into thrash metal for saying, but she likes metal and stuff like that. And uh, we had a disco and we got a list through before our wedding saying, like, what's your first dance? What's your second dance? Blah blah blah. Uh, what song you know we had a, a top 20 list of songs that we do want playing and then we also had a thing that we had to fill out any songs you don't want playing and for my wedding I made sure ABBA didn't get fucking played or Nickelback that was the two fuckers oh a Motown no fucking Motown but Rick Astley you had playing you had you requested that four times didn't you that I know I've got to give you I'll tell you what the fucking cunt of a DJ did do though when we were after we, we just with it just the disco started because we were all at our wedding in the same place he was playing loads of fucking 90s techno garage shit <laughs> that fucked me off didn't you hang around with a lot of raver mates though well yeah but none of them went to the fucking wedding that's for sure <laughs> okay and then moving on we've got the merch a uh, piece of merch that was special to him. He had a deluxe vinyl box sets, the Metallica deluxe vinyl box sets. Oh, is that the big yeah. No, I think it was just the individual. Oh, the ones that fell out recently, didn't they? Yeah. yeah, yeah. And the footy shirt from the recent tour at Slane Castle. Oh, Again, yeah, yeah. The yeah. Metallica football shirt. That is decent, yeah, it is decent. Thrash icon or personality, Scott Ian. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, no, that's because he's got a bit about him as well, isn't he? Yeah. And so, although when you see Anthrax play, he just literally yeah. gets on with it, doesn't he? You know, no, no, he yeah, 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 yeah. He doesn't mess around. He just he cracks on. Yeah. It's all about the riffs for him, isn't it? He don't, you know, solos. He, I don't think he gives a shit about. I don't, I don't even know if he does any solos. Does he? he just cracks on and just concentrates on those riffs? And I think that's why Anthrax riffs are just so fucking big. He just really riffs the fuck out of them, doesn't he? Like and. Remind me, just say podcast later, recent podcast, because I've got a thing about Anthrax. In fact, I'll, I'll say it now. The, the the guy that reviewed the new, uh, he did a review on his podcast for the Acid Rain album. Oh, yeah, yeah, And yeah. Um, I've, I've started started listening to old, it. Old Head Podcast. Old Head Podcast, yeah, yeah, yeah. really interesting. So I've only listened since I saw that review. I've listened to a few of his podcasts. And he did his top ten Album, uh, top 10 bands of all time okay. and I think something like number 3 was Anthrax and it was just really refreshing to have Anthrax as the well Metallica were number 1 so. okay. but, but you know he said for him it always really did his head in and he felt always hurt that Anthrax were always the butt of the jokes when it came to the big four 
and he thought the music, the crunching riffs that they had, it, it, you know, and I always thought that Anthrax, you know, they didn't get, they got a lot of credit, didn't they? Yeah. Because of you yeah, know, yeah, yeah, Big yeah. Four. But they never got the, they were, they were always at the bottom of the Big Four, I thought, didn't yeah. you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and yeah, a lot of people true. agree with that, you know, but it was really refreshing to hear someone saying, be passionate about Anthrax and even a lot of the albums that were, you know, not the big albums for them. Well, the more recent ones. Well, the kind of Sound of White Noise. Yeah, even though that was yeah. a big one. That was a big um, one. You know, um, Worship Metal, the, the comeback one yeah. fairly recently. Yeah, and then that was a fairly recent one. For yeah. All King. Was it For All King? That's the last yeah. one, wasn't it? Yeah. With, I like the one with, uh, again, I, I see, I say it quietly, but I, you know, I've, I've, I've nailed my colours to the mask. And I feel, I feel the club's a safe place, and I can say it. Is John Bush, I think, is the best Anthrax singer they've ever had. You know, I really do. I just thought his voice suits Anthrax a lot better. And some of the stuff that he done, I like, like Stomp 442. Uh, yeah, fantastic uh, album. I think it's a great album, and also the one with uh, Safe Home on it. Yeah, Safe Home. I forget the name of that album. We've Come For You All. Yes, that's it. Yeah, yeah that's brilliant. brilliant. Brilliant album. But yeah, that's Stomp 442 brilliant really chugging heavy yeah, stuff yeah yeah absolutely sorry sorry Darren we've uh, digressed there, there yeah, but a yeah. uh, song that really makes him want to get in the pit Brain Death Nuclear Assault yeah again another popular band that seemed to always seem to come up and isn't that one Brain Dead the one that's on the Arena documentary as well the BBC Arena documentary for anyone outside the UK that uh, hasn't seen it got I think it's it on is YouTube. on YouTube yeah. go on Arena Heavy Metal Documentary made about 1988 some footage of Nottingham Rock City with all the thrashers going fucking mad to it and I think Brain Dead is the, is the Nuclear Assault song is it not or someone's going to go you cunt car <laughs> you cunt car yeah, is, <laughs> is it not I don't know I'm doubting myself now St Anger Pure Bilge so that was the album that he respected band that yeah band that he loved that released something that he hated and then the band that he saw get blown away by a support band Sepultura and the support band were Paradise Lost on the Arise tour but also on the following tour Pitch Shifter did it to Sepultura blew them away again so wow okay yeah it's a fair amount of that yeah so that was a that was a great one. That was good. Really, that was always going to be good because Darren likes loads of good stuff. So that was that was, that was an interesting one. Okay, and Dreamweaver. We'll just quickly whack through Dreamweaver. John Brax. He chose Iron Maiden. And cool. It was shuffling. Yeah, through the shuffling notes. through. There's uh, John Brack, Anthrax supporting Maiden '89. Uh, 8991 uh, I think he said 89 but I think if it was um, Anthrax supporting Maiden I think it would have been I think later on 90, he, did, he did say he goes I can't really remember it's all a bit fucking yeah, <laughs> yeah mate, I don't think you give a long argument about any I think he said correct any you know, oh, okay. part, but I wasn't going yeah to so it would have been 91 yeah. wouldn't it and um, his, his love of thrash began there caught in a mosh he certainly was he says yeah. master of puppets testament peace cells were early favourites and then he was given rain in blood game over yeah really, and then he got hella weights show no mercy south of heaven and um, <laughs> with south of heaven he, he thought he was playing oh no show no mercy he thought he was playing it on the wrong speed <laughs> <laughs> but yeah it was all that that, that was the love of um, thrash all happened there as a result of Anthrax supporting Maiden and um, yeah his love of thrash continued from there really Celtic Frost we in right okay 
So Celtic, Celtic. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Celtic Frost. I'm gonna say Celtic Frost okay. to wind up John. I've always said Celtic Frost. Have you? But John says Celtic Frost, so he won't be winding him up. Does he? Celtic. Oh, does he? Yeah. No, I'm gonna say that because he said it's not Celtic Frost. <laughs> Whatever winds John up, I'm gonna say. Okay. Um, Seeing as we are deep in John country at the moment, so deep in John country. John Andrew country, yeah. Right. Can I just say, this is going to be, again, thanks to everyone that's uh, posted on this, this is going to be the first time I've done a podcast about an album that I really wasn't crazy about, so sorry if I sound negative, I'm going to try and be as objective as possible with this one. It was a difficult one to do, but we'll ca- that's yeah. going to come out in a lot of the, the, the conversation. But in turn, the right one to do in many respects, wasn't it? You know, it's all right having atrophies and, you know, pure fresh metal that we all like, that's, that's no problem at all, but... Really, this is the kind of you know, this is the whole point of having a club like this, having an album that has really divided the, the group down the middle. I was brilliant listening to everyone's comments and how cool everyone was with it as well. You think that shit is absolutely fine, I think it's absolutely groundbreaking. So, and everyone was like, oh, I can see why you say that. It was great. And to have such a diverse range of comments, like someone that thinks it's shit, and then yeah. someone that thinks it's the best thing that has ever yeah. been re- produced, you're like, yeah. what are you listening to? You know, I mean, it's, yeah. it, it's, what man, are you hearing that they're not? I know. Vice versa, it's great. And you try and you try, and then you just give up. But um, the other thing is, is that nah, you're all fucking wrong. This is my, this is this album is brilliant. And anyone that thinks there was none of that, it was just like, well, I really love this album, and I'm really positive about it, but. You know, I can get why you because everyone kind of realizes it is a bit left of left of center. This one, isn't it? It's real. Some of the songs are really out there, and you either get it or you don't. And there's no shame in not getting it. I don't think. But I didn't get it, so I fucking own up. <laughs> but it was good that people were passionate about trying to explain what they got in it, what yeah, they yeah. understood yeah. about it, and what they liked or what they didn't like. And you know, it it's probably invoked a lot more conversation than. A lot of the a lot of the albums we've had so it's yeah. been really good. But comment of the month, the comment of the month, comment of the fortnight, Pete D. He gave us an absolute horror oh, yeah. of a. We're not going to read all of it, Pete. Sorry, but we're going to read an extract. It's like an essay. I think he wrote that for something before. I think he put like a disclaimer. Yeah, the top. re-reviewed from the first issue CD with more tracks than the vinyl LP and less than the 1999 remaster. So the first issue CD, I'm not sure about. The I think it yeah the the, the remaster in '99 I, I think they had a few like remixes like Tom's kind of industrial yeah, yeah. post entry mix of uh, various songs and what he always loved about this album was Tom Warrior stretching out a bit and starting to wear his real influences on his sleeve so this comes across a hugely metalized amalgamation of Bauhaus Christian Death and Black Sabbath but with all the frost hallmarks shining through. I think he had given up caring at this point and Celtic Frost were already being labelled avant-garde metal by various tosspot journalists. <laughs> so this was a perfect time to really push the boat out and channel his inner goth while still retaining bucket loads of the original Frost sound, despite it being a bit lighter in places. When I first bought this, I was a little confused at the all covering and opened the album with Mexican Radio as I was already familiar with the Wall of Voodoo original but it seemed to work. Then you were thrown in mesmerised and the album pulls a massive handbrake turn into Ros Williams territory. Um, the rest of the album follows on in keeping with this roller coaster of influences and presentation. The guitar solo on Babylon Fell is text but hellhammer. Caressing to oblivion is huge, 
but then you realise there are no, there are bongos in the background before the Christian <laughs> Defferton starts again. Yeah, a, a, a massive long. Uh, yeah, it, it was a really. I mean, I did read it all. It was a really long. It was, uh, but really, I mean, it really. Even if you didn't like the album, it kind of laid it all on the line for you. You could uh, read that, and it was completely. You know, just just great just great words I thought it was a really really great word he said that One In Their Pride is a tune that divided even the hardest hardest core of Frost fans this tune is utterly groundbreaking from a metal perspective this sort of stuff had already been done to death by Clock DVA and Cabaret Vol Voltaire also early tunes from the likes of Skinny Puppy and Ministry but its inclusion on a thrash album was a very brave move so perhaps Tom was playing the I don't give a fuck what you think I will go no further I will go further game I Won't Dance is a little hint of where they were going on Cold Lake, although yeah, it's difficult definitely. to spot on a brief listen. Definitely got yeah. that. The uh, I Don't Dance one was definitely all about Cold Lake. And then something like Inner Sanctum was all, you know, into uh, the, you know, the one before Megatron or whatever it's called. <laughs> Megatherium, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Megatron, yeah. <laughs> I am Mega Megatron, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but yeah, just um, that shows you how much of a... Of a of a Celtic Frost fan I am. Don't even know the name of the first. But it's, I mean, Circle of the Tyrant, it's a fucking banger, isn't it? Jesus Christ. Although, say quietly again, I do prefer the obituary version, so there you go. Maybe I'm just pissing over everyone's fucking Celtic Frost right here. It's what you like, isn't it? Opeth yeah. did a great version of it, I think, on Orchid or... Um, one of, yeah, one of the early albums, they, they did Circle, Circle of the Tyrants. Tyrants. Yeah, really, really good. But then Mike... Mike Ackerfeld is Mike Michael Ackerfeld. He's fantastic. Deaf voice. He's yeah, fantastic. Got it all. Yeah. yeah. So, they, yeah. Anyway, going back to Celtic Frost. Oh, we, we just need to just say one minute. We, if we turn the corner, do you know where you are? Me personally, yeah. are we like near Fratton Park. Yeah, right in front of us is Fratton Park. I thought we were down here. So John... and, and so, I I think it's only right that we say um, when the Saints go marching in. <laughs> Have you got a big one this coming up weekend? Yeah, it's yeah. Tuesday. Yeah, it's going to be a fucking... This will be... What we're driving down right now, this will be like a fucking war zone come Tuesday It night. looks like a war zone at the moment. <laughs> so there you uh, go. So, sorry to any club members that might yeah, live around there. Yeah, Portsmouth is cool. If you put the kettle on, John, and pour, yeah, pour yeah, a G&T, yeah. we'll, be, we'll be round It'll shortly. It'll be more likely a G&T, I think, mean, but yeah. Now, go on, sorry, go on. More sound for us, less of football. Paul Reed, beast of an album, Tom G at his best, from the groove thrash cover of Mexican Radio to proto-goth metal of Mesmerised. Even at 19, I love the heaviness of Tom's guitar playing. I think they're one of the originals, like Voivod, but they never stuck to the same path. I think my mum thought I was weird when the female <laughs> avant-garde vocals came piping out of my bedroom. Jero Hernandez Prito, great choice. This monster of an album, I still prefer the I still prefer Two Megatheria and the influence on death metal bands like Obituary. Yeah. Uh, we got Dave Rowe here. Dave, go on. Another one of my purchases the day after hearing a song on Tommy Vance's Friday Rock Show. Wow, another one for Tommy. Babylon Phil was the song I remember getting home and my parents were out so I put <laughs> I put on the stereo in our living room loud and sat staring at the gatefold sleeve. I was completely knocked sideways by what I'd heard so put it on again. I remember my parents coming home and asking what on earth I was listening to and could I put headphones on. I loved it and I still do. 
I, pe- I, I remember that about the gatefold sleeve because I had it on vinyl, still got it on vinyl. And it's the, the artwork. It is, in fact, it's incredible artwork, there's no question. It's it's one of those that you just lose yourself in yeah, looking into yeah. it and also the internal, um, the, the inner sleeve artwork as well. <laughs> and it's the kind of artwork that goes so well with the material that's going on the yeah, album. Yeah. And um, yeah, it, it's just one of them that you could look at for hours. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Andrew Bolton. Unfortunately, I can't make friends with this album. I knew it was off to a bad start as I found his vocal style irritating, but I persevered, but the difference in styles between each track I found distracting and the electric synth sounds very dated and ultimately had to turn this off at Rex Ire. That's one of the best songs. Wow. There you go. For me, yeah, I mean, I like that they tried different things, but this was too much for me. Urban Fox. Urban Fox. Urban Fox. Urban Fox. Yeah, no, I, I'm I'm with Neil. It was Neil, wasn't it? Wasn't that Neil, Neil Bolton? Yeah. yeah, I'm I'm with Neil 100 on that. I I didn't turn it off. I, I I stuck with it, and there were some good elements in there, uh, and some good songs. But you know, anyone that says they turned it off because it was too wacky or strange, you can't have a long argument. Tony Price. So I've given it a ten. Let me explain. I bought wow. into the into the look pan- at that. See, there you go. Someone turning it off and then someone giving it a ten. I bought into the pandemonium when it was released. I was sixteen. I did three paper rounds, collected paper money, and worked in the post office to get the money for records. I was obsessed with music, mainly heavy metal. But then I found thrash, and I wanted heavier and faster. One of the older boys up the street lent me to Megatherium, and it blew me away. The cover, the sound, circle of the tyrants in my mind all the time. Pure evil. Kerrang was my bible and Xavier Russell, Ru- Russell gave I to, uh, Into the Pandemonium five stars. I think I bought it from Mike Lloyds in Stoke. I've never heard anything like it. Everything seemed off. Tom's vocals, yeah, the arrangements, yeah. the female vocals, one in their pride, odd, odd, odd. I loved it. I loved being into it whilst a lot of my friends were into bland 80s music. <laughs> so it gets a 10, mainly for how it made me feel all those years ago, which is so important, how an album makes you feel and takes you back. Yeah. I'll, I'll never get bored of this album. I've played it hundreds of times and I'll play hundreds of times more. Wow. See, I mean, it's in- incredible. I mean, that is a bit of a time capsule one, isn't it? That the, uh, you, you know, you bought it at 16, you know, everything's a bit, you know, different when you're 16, isn't it? And, you know, thinking I'm the only fucker that likes this. I can understand why he's got that kind of real affinity with it. So, um, but yeah, that's just the divisiveness of there. Someone turning it off. Someone giving it a ten, a hundred times more. Incredible. John Andrews. John, which is topical, seeing as we're in uh, in where he, he lives, mate. We've just we've just had a little um, talk, haven't we? And next time we, we do a podcast, we'll drive down here. We're gonna have a cup of tea at your house or a G and T or something in your house, John. And you can do a bit on the podcast, and then we'll uh, we'll shoot back. Yeah, it's probably a bit late to be knocking on the door. And, yeah, uh, you might have to get work or Cat might have to get up. So. Oh, you're probably planting around in like some army camo dung- dungarees with your base slung yeah, low. Yeah, we don't want to that. We don't want to see that. You carry on. <laughs> John what said, did John say? "Yeah, he said I've just got round to giving this a spin too. I listened to it back in the day. I know because I recognise m- much of it, but I don't think back in the day I was particularly enamoured by it. Now though, I think it's excellent, especially for the way they tried to keep moving on trying new things. Yes, some of the songs on there didn't quite work, but well." Overall, I really enjoy it, and this is making me going back to listen to some more Celtic Frost. So that's pretty cool. Pyramids there, mate. Yeah, yeah. oh, well, I know where we are now. Yeah. yeah. Uh, see, that 
you know, is that, you know, the way, way of the, I, I, I get what you're saying there because there are certain things and certain albums that I would listen to now and quite happily listen to and really enjoy where when I was 16 all the way through to 21, I wouldn't have given the time of day. Like, like a band like Opeth, for example. Yeah. I wouldn't have given them the time of day, literally. But now I just think they're fucking brilliant. So it just goes to show, doesn't it? I think John's kind of in there with with, with, with Selwyn Frost. It's kind of like a, you know what, this is a bit too strange for me not having this. It's not thrashing, it's not hard enough. And then actually, it's just a, you know, really kind of grows on you, doesn't it, I suppose? Yeah, I kind of got into it. For, I came into Celtic Frost by, not by accident, but with a Doomsday News compilation okay. <clears throat> vinyl that I picked up. So round about, I don't know, 1990. Uh, it was a lot of the noise, noise right, okay. roster. So you had bands like Death comp- Row, yeah. uh, Coroner, Creator, Sabbath, um, right, Celtic Frost. And they had mesmerised on there and it was after that and I was like wow I've got to really check these lot out is Memorised a bit more of a thrashier song no, no it's quite it a slow it's, it's quite an experimental slow, one isn't it yeah, well it's got it's, it's got a heavy tone to it but it's yeah. quite a slow oh okay not straight up thrash sort of no no but okay. it's, it's it's not got it's not the the weird kind of um, I won't dance okay but so it's, not a wacky quirk no it's got a it's got that 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 tone that that Celtic Frost tone yeah. to it, um, but it's still not. It's certainly not, you know, straight out kind of brutal thrash. Okay. Um, yeah, so I came into them certainly not. Uh, I, I went back to um, Morbid Tales and Two Megatherion, so I'd come in at this kind of experimental album as my first kind of thing of Celtic Frost after oh, wow. hearing Mesmerise so I was kind of like this is my intro this yeah. is what I know Celtic Frost to be and then I heard the heavier stuff and I was like wow you know this is it yeah. so I'm not coming into Celtic Frost after seeing what they can do you know in heavy heavy stuff and then like well what are they doing they're ruining it for me yeah. it's not not like that for me at all it was um, it was a case of um, this is what they do yeah. Oh, and they do that as well, and they play a really banging heavy stuff. So, yeah, really, really, um, that was my introduction to Celtic Frost. But I think um, um, if you like something and you listen to it more and more, familiarity kind of develops. It warms it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And, I, and I think that's what happens because I came in on on um, um, this album pandemonium yeah into the pandemonium I, I i think that's why i warm to it a lot more than people that are just hearing it for the first or second time because you familiarity makes you listen to it a lot yeah. more and makes you like it a lot more so yeah um but that's just me so we're not talking about me andy dixon <laughs> not anywhere near we're as talking bad about as, you as club members andy dixon andy dixon says not anywhere near as bad as i remember it I hated it when it came out, wow. but enjoyed listening to it this afternoon. Still some pretentious and overtly provocative stuff, but these days stuff like that is so easy to skip. Back in the day, I'd have given it a three, but today it gets a seven. Oh wow, look at that, how far that's come up. I mean, that's incredible, isn't it? But again, it's that just more open to to listen to stuff now, you know what I mean? And for me as well, it's not about, I want the latest new thing and I want to be the custodian of the new band that no one's ever heard of it. I'm not interested in that. I'm just interested in some really cool stuff. And, um, you know, so I was 
really up for giving this a go, um, but it just didn't work out. But it just seems everyone else is sort of like um, that that kind of thing as well, you know. And that that antipathizes it, doesn't it? The way it goes. I didn't like it back then. Over time, though, it's 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 got me. So awesome. The vocals haven't really split the group like Sean Killian's. No. Or, and, and his vocals are very strange. They're, they're quite integral to it, aren't they? Because obviously he's got that quite lazy, almost talking style, hasn't he? Tom G. Warrior sometimes. When he's singing, it's not Yeah. It's not a classic voice he's got. I mean, it's classic in metal now because it's, there's not many people like, yeah. like Tom G. Warrior's voice. But it's, it's quite a lazy style. Obviously, he's got that death grunt that he's that he loves to throw over every now and then and you know that kind of simplifies it it a bit you know doing disservice to quite a unique style of singing but he's quite a lazy style but no one not many people have picked up not picked up but commented that his style of singing threw them threw them off it no no one's really said that but you're right I mean I think the first song was in Mexican radio isn't it yeah you know, some certainly in the second half of that song, it's almost like he's fucking pissed. I, that's the way I get it. He's all like, Mexican radio. You know, he's, he's, he's so far off it. It's fucking unreal. <laughs> I think he's just pissed out of his head. But... Thinking of that now, yeah. <laughs> um, right, and then again, Gareth Pugh. You know that feeling when you think you like a band, but for some reason you don't, or at least you don't quite hear what everyone else hears. Well, that's me with Celtic Frost. I hadn't listened to Into the Pandemonium for years. My mate bought it when it came out and raved about it, but I could never get it when he, I could never get what he saw in it. So I was quite excited to give it a fresh spin 32 years later. So the verdict is, well, it's half as I remembered, remembered and I'm pleasantly surprised. Mexican Radio is a very strong song to cover, very strange song to cover, and even stranger song to open the album with. Yeah. It's bloody awful. I really hate it. <laughs> Mesmerised is a bit better, but still not great. And then we have some classic Frost in Inner Sanctum, yeah, yeah, which is very good. And the whole album sort of goes like that. For every good song, Babylon Fell or Caress of Oblivion, there's I Won't Dance. Again, I don't get that song, but on the whole, I found it enjoyable. Sorrows of the Moon is slower and heavier, though I'm not quite sure of the translation of Tristesse de la Luna. There's some very extent experimental stuff, like that song and Rick Siri, which is okay, and some weird industrial and other influences going on, but for that, I can't detract rather than add to the album. I can see how they influence so many acts, but for me, Into the Pandemonium was the first step to a fall from grace and the fact that the following album the glam like cold lake came out next was not a complete surprise to me overall it's an enjoyable return to it but it, will it be on my regular listening no not for me and i would agree with pretty much all of that i think it's a great review again Gareth. it really does sum it up as far as i'm concerned from this side of the argument um, so yeah, that was a that was a really good review. I do think yeah, there's some really good songs on there. I think I gave it a six or a five or something because to reflect the there are some decent stuff on there. But yeah, for everyone that you think this is really going somewhere and it's really good and this is why I like Kelvin Frost. There's a song where you think Jesus Christ, where are they going with Mexican Radio as well? It's a strange one, regardless of what I think of the album. It must be it is a strange one to open with. That is the, the opening cut of that album. 
Don't you think? I do, I do. I don't but know what, we don't know what Tom G. Warrior's thinking was. Yeah. And it, and it's like that cowbell to begin with. I think again, I you know, um, I said to, to Neil Bolton, you know, on, on the group, I said, look, there's a cowbell in there. That's straight away they're they're fighting against it. I think. For you, because of the cowbell. Because of the cowbell. There was a cowbell at the weekend. Who had a cowbell? Uh, uprising. There was definitely a cowbell. Was there? Who yeah. had a cowbell uprising? There was a band in the main stage, main room. Yeah, I do. There's definitely a cowbell. Ah, oh, fucking hell. Who was it? Well, it wasn't Nate Bomb Def. <laughs> no, certainly not. <laughs> uh, right. So, PD picked for our Spotify sub seven playlist yeah he went for inner sanctum and yeah. it, seemed, it seems a travesty that, that this is on the sub seven yeah for me personally but it's 6.89 or something yeah. wasn't it it was really close but it's on there and that's a every you know respect everyone's we respect everyone's absolutely so yeah back to the normal back to the regular we've got dave rowe top five gigs so dave rowe these were good these were good yeah he uh he started off with Anthrax and Testament, Bradford St George's Hall, yeah, 1987. Wow. His yeah. mum had um, packed a little carton of Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Into That's... his coat, oh, God. and uh, he had it confiscated. Security, yeah, security. But they had it off him. Yeah, they had it off him. Fucking hell, Mrs. Rowe must have been fucking living. It was on the tour the the album, yeah, the, uh, the, video. the video, yeah. yeah. The, nice fucking video was was recorded so Antrax and Testament wow. it's incredible it's incredible 87 he then went for another gig in um, so he had a good run of gigs in yeah he did say he's going to deliberately keep it fresh though didn't he I mean he goes to a lot so Megadeth Overkill Nuclear Assault Chromax Creator Lars Rocket December 87 oh is that the Christmas yeah uh, that's a legendary gig now isn't it that one Bobby Blitz putting in a masterful frontman performance, he wow. says. Yeah. Wow. That is, it's, it's almost become a thing of legend, that gig. Almost it is, like, yeah. In a this bit like the Sepultura marquee, it isn't is, it? You know, yeah. beneath the remains. It's one of those um, mythical gigs that sort of, you know, you were privileged to go to that one if you did, you know, if you did go to that one. And hearing stuff about it, the people, we've got a few members that have gone and hearing stuff about it, you know, like I said, it was fucking freezing in there and there was a leak, you know, pools of water on the floor and just and who didn't make it someone didn't make it was it Cromax who got held up at customs who got who didn't get uh, I, I don't know whether Dave said it I'll, I'll have a look on the, on the phone yeah but one uh, of the bands didn't get to play wasn't it oh it was, was um, it Voivod no no it was oh, it might have been Voivod but was it not uh, it wasn't Evil Dead was it no not Lars Rocket Lars Rocket or it might have been Lars Rocket yeah Next, next up is um, Nickelback, Shine Down, and <laughs> Dave. Apologies, Dave. No, Nasty Savage, Atom Graft, and Exuma. So, wow, Exuma that just put out an absolute banger of an album this year. Back yeah. in '88, we're playing with Nasty Savage and Atom Graft at Huddersfield Polytechnic. Jesus Christ, that's probably one of those gigs with about two quid to get in. Yeah, so he to to avoid. Um, to avoid being kicked out like he was for the Tiger Tales gig he went to, oh. he went, dashed in, went upstairs to, there was a games room, so Why he says. Why did he get kicked out being too young? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um, so he went up to an upstairs games room okay. uh, in, in in the venue, and Nasty Ronnie from Nasty Savage was up there, had a chat with him, and uh, so 
very nice guy. Nasty and Ronnie. Nasty like Ronnie. Like and uh, yeah, his first mosh was to Exuma. So. Oh, look at that. Broke his cherry to that. Lovely. What was your first mosh? Uh, I think it was proper mosh, because obviously, um, first gigs. Yeah, not really mosh stuff, it, but yeah. I think it was Mordred at the marquee. Was it? And yeah, f first stage dive was Mordred at the marquee. So okay. what was yours? I, I don't know. It was either Acid Rain's last show at the marquee or it was Zentrix and Skyclad at Bokna Regis. Wow. First stage dive was for Skyclad. Definitely. But I can't remember what was first. Zentrix or... Um, or uh, acid rain, so I'm not 100 percent sure. But yeah, that should be a, that should be a members' question, mate. First stage dive and first box. Yeah, yeah. I think most people remember it. I think they? so. I think so. So yeah, he, talking of which, he had the acid rain slammer and oh, yeah. uh, the Queen's Hall. The, the Queen's Hall. So this is is this Bradford as well? Mass Bradford, yeah, Bradford Queen Hall, yeah. But this is in the cellar bar downstairs. Oh, okay. And. Okay. And he, uh, excuse me, Acid Rain took took to the stage and all hell break loose. Yeah, cool. They also played a cover of Symptom of the Universe. And well, yeah, Acid Rain did. I think so. Fucking hell, that yeah. would be awesome. I, I think they did. That's what he said. Um, he also then had again Bradford Queens Hall, uh, onslaught, crumb suckers, and slammer greatest venue he's ever been to and it's one of those venues that's always on the posters wasn't yeah, it yeah absolutely yeah absolutely just bands always played there always certainly thrash bands just stopped off there to start despite being seeing better sets um it was just a, a, an amazing gig to go to and um yeah so we saw exodus dark angel forbidden there but this was a gig where the atmosphere friends were in the crowd there was good security and um yeah, he um, he just seemed to crowd surf for for two two songs while he was there. Happy days, happy days, he says. And nice. sometimes you you do get a bill, don't you? Where there's a great bill, and 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 it can be an absolute stinker of a show. Yeah. But sometimes yeah. you know you go and, and and a band that you're not expecting to do much absolutely nails it and it yeah. just makes a show totally definitely and it really sticks in the memory those ones as well doesn't it yeah yeah no that's nice that was good good that's a, that's a great build it onslaught crumb suckers and slammer that's a great build yeah a lot of different stuff there you know crumb suckers are obviously more of the hardcore punk stuff and although uh, on, and onslaught kind of in the middle of that really with the slammer being straight up thrash so yeah it's pretty good so we had Dreamweaver as well, another absolute, a few years later, but no doubt, no less as, as important. Yeah. Dreamweaver, Tom Eastman, Frenchie. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> Sonisphere, 2011. And he, uh, he got some <laughs> What a weekend oh, he must yeah. have had. Uh, he, he, he doesn't remember an awful lot of it, but what he does remember, he was able to articulate in a fantastic way. Um, <laughs> yeah, so, it was a good read. Yeah, it was a good read. And... Uh, We've not not written it all down, but he uh, so basically Dreamweaver is and, and probably everyone who's, who's listening knows it's a it's, it's a song, a gig, an album, a band experience, an experience yeah. that kind of is with you and stays with you and kind of uh, is all part of your education with with metal really. And um, where is it? 
Tate, Tate just, he really sort of like summed up the festival vibe, and he said, oh yeah, we had terrible trouble getting there, and then we started playing drinking games and stuff like that, it's sort of like, oh yes, that's good. They were climbing on the portable toilets, weren't they? Yeah. They'd somehow managed to get back to their toilet and had stolen, like you see these, I don't um, flags at service stations, service and like stations yeah. the, the shell yeah. kind of flag flapping around in the, and they had one of them. Yeah. Not saying he stole it; it could have just just mis- mysteriously oh. arrived. You know, it might have been a windy day. And, and let's not rule out <laughs> the fact that So could have given it the flag as a gift. You just never know. So uh, yeah, lots of naughtiness going on and. Um, uh, Sonic, what a bill though, 2011. Fucking incredible bill, yeah. Oh, I mean, you, not only did you have the big four, kind of was on the Friday opening it up. Yeah, yeah. You know, you had uh, you had Opeth there. You, yeah. you, incredible set, incredible, incredible lineup, just incredible. But he had uh, Silosis, who are a British yes. kind of, I, wouldn't, yeah. I don't know, metalcore kind of. Yeah, um, the first sort of wave of it, really. Wasn't yeah, it? yeah, it's just, just heavy, brutal kind of. Um, Almost verging on, you know, heavy thrash metalcore, bit bit deathy, and uh, quite technical as well. But yeah, just yeah. really good, good groove. They were Reading, I think, weren't they? Is that right? I think so. I might be wrong. It did say that the guitarist is now in Architects, so oh, I don't, right. I don't okay. think Silosis oh, is happening. Yeah, I, I don't think. No, it's, I remember yeah. them splitting up actually. Yeah, yeah. But they were one of those bands that were really about to do really big things yeah. for the modern UK yeah. scene. And um, yeah, pure luck caught them, and it, 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 he was he was just blown away by them. And it's just one of those rare moments I think that got him where where you catch a band you maybe not expecting much, a bit like we said. Yeah. And you know they make such an impact on you that you know it, it's with you forever. And, yeah. and that's what makes going to gigs so special. I mean, you could. You know, you go and see Maiden, you know what you're going to get. You, you know you're going to be blown away, maybe. You know, Metallica, you know you're going to have a good gig. But it's these little gigs, or, you know, Sonic Spheres, where you're catching these bands, you think, fuck me, they were, yeah. they were unbelievable. I wasn't expecting that. I wouldn't necessarily, you know, buy a ticket to go and see them and then you just get, fucking hell, they're brilliant. I need to get some stuff for theirs because it's just awesome. You know, that's that, that, that kind of lightning bolt moment, isn't it? That kind of strikes you. It's great when that happens. Like Rage Against the Machine when they first played live, that was yeah, like that you know, was everyone was yeah. like, "What was this?" Or Tool, you know, yeah, it's like unbelievable. Yeah. And it's it probably similar to what Tom experienced at Silosis. Just yeah. you know, in his kind of drunken yeah. kind of, you know, he's like, "Whoa, what a moment we've got here!" Uh, yeah, definitely. So yeah, a really nice string weaver there from. Yeah, plenty of those pictures are great. <laughs> yeah, everyone's got some of them from festivals, I'm sure. We had a flash pole as well, didn't we, on the way up to Uprising, just because we were talking yeah, about Celtic yeah. Frost. We, we uh, just did the three side projects of Tom G. Warrior. We did Trypticon, uh, Trypticon, Apollyon uh, Sun, and Hellhammer, which maybe not a side project, was a kind of precursor yeah, to Celtic yeah. Frost. But yeah, Trypticon came out pretty um, head and shoulders. Yeah, thanks for that. It was a good one, actually. We didn't really know how many people were going to be, because it was such a divisive kind of... Um, album of the fortnight we didn't know how many people were going to participate in the poll but um, a lot of people did so it made that one an interesting one a to z of tickets we had i uh, loads for maiden obviously there yeah. was um, yourself mark wallage first um, ever gig me that one that was uh, monster rock 1988 
Was that your one, was it? No, my one was Wembley Arena. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Neil, Neil, I think Neil Bolton, uh, or it might be Neil Brannigan Fuller, Maiden, Monster Rock 1992. He'd lost his ticket for Monster Rock 88. Uh, Cadric Pablo Poblo. Yeah. Drinking rum for a gig in Hangover at um, Maiden. Um, he didn't like the Raven Age, but um, he got quite drunk and loved Iron Maiden. Yeah. Matthew C. Green yeah. also saw Maiden. Tim Fincher, Billy Idol's Pass. Okay. Another non-thrash, but no, we'll, non-thrash. we'll allow that with Tim. I have to say, I've got a, I've got a good back. He's a good friend. Uh, Ian Hill plays in a band called Suma, and he we went to download one year where uh, Billy Idol was playing, and he stumbled upon upon um, Billy Idol's set. And like I say, Ian is really into sort of like really kind of technical and sort of avant-garde music, Cola Luna, that sort of stuff. And each other said, yeah, but Billy Idol was fucking brilliant. It was a right laugh, you know what I mean? So, nothing wrong with Billy Idol, no. Uh, Matthew C. Green, Integrity, 1999, Underworld. Oh, yeah. yeah. He also he also had Immolation, 2001, at the Underworld. And they, they're black metal, aren't they? Uh, death metal, I think, death Immolation, metal. yeah. Okay. Uh, Dean Bailey, despite seeing Maiden a few times, he went with In Flames and Sepultura in 2006. Yeah. So probably when Inflames were probably at their peak, maybe. Well, just coming coming down from their peak. I was never really into them. But I was never really into them, although were... I went to that tour at the venue where we just passed in the Pyramid Centre. Okay. And they played for fucking hours. I only went for Sepulton Row. And uh, my mate, who was a, uh, a, a Sergeant Major, uh, Neil May- Maynell, who was a big uh, guy on the Stone Death Festival, he got a, a load of his squatty guys and they come and swung by and picked me up because he was a barracks quite near me and they took me down to Portsmouth and uh, with a couple of other of my friends we kind of made up the numbers and Sepultura played 40 minutes I remember getting drawn into the pit for um, Inner Self I remember um, In Flames just playing for hours I remember thinking I'll have one more beer and get it in just before they leave I think I had about two more after that <laughs> it's fucking forever yeah Terry Mapp as well went for immolation because he'd been to see Maiden too many times so yeah <laughs> and on to a new feature so I'm going to make a feature out of this yeah, yeah see how it goes Robert Joseph Patterson contacted you didn't he he did yes and he just wanted to ask every all the members he was curious to know what their first gigs were and I thought yeah we can yeah why not I think people are quite proud and uh, not proud what's the word I suppose it is proud, isn't it? Yeah, I went to my first gig was this, this, and this. So I know I'm proud of my first one. So I thought, yeah, it was a cool question, and we could maybe um, make it as a feature. So if you have any questions that you want to ask the whole members, um, stick it down, get some words together. I'll copy and paste it onto a post, give you the uh, give you the credit, and then we'll see what reaction we get. So we're going to just rattle through some yeah, of these because they're, they're, they're fantastic. So. Uh, yeah, there's, there's, a, there's some real classic bands, some weird bands. There was uh, Dave Rowe, Anthrax Testament, 1987, first oh, gig. Yeah. Hey, what a good one to go to the first gig. Oh, Chris Key, Maiden, 1986, Nottingham. Uh, I'll tell you, you what. Do you think that was uh, somewhere in time? No. Power what, Slave. for Maiden? Yeah, uh, Powerslave. Were they still doing Powerslave? Must be 86, because um, 87 was uh, somewhere, somewhere in time. Somewhere in time. Like David Henry, that, that mummy Eddie is the first. Well, thing David Henry, 1984, Power Slave, Bristol. You see, so 
I mean, they did like the long tours, and I know the World Slavery Tour was a long tour, but long one, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, Andy Dixon, Queen, Southampton on the Day at the Races tour, oh, 1977. Wow. That is something to write about, isn't it? Pete, Pete Lecren, his first was Jerry Lee Lewis, Hammersmith Odeon, 1984. Punk rocker right there, that's nothing. He was a bit worried about that, no yeah. worry about that at all. He's definitely his first metal gig was Metallica, 1988. Justice tour. You had wow. Pete D, Marillion and Rage at Hammersmith Odeon, 1984. Wow. Uh, Andrew McIver, uh, Benediction, Tufnell Park Dome, 1992. God, that's going in at a hard end, isn't it, that yeah, one? Yeah, crack him straight in, eh? Yeah, no fucking about British that. brutal death metal, Benediction, brilliant, brilliant. Uh, Matt, Den- Matt Denny, Animal Quackers, 1977 or 78. Fucking hell, look at that. Well, they were, they were a kind of dance troupe band that dressed up as animals, I think, on like... <laughs> Oh, really? Oh, was, think, he, was he a kiddie then when he made that? I think well, he must have been. It was like a kid's TV kind of thing. Like the, oh, was it? Yeah, I think like the Banana Splits or something, oh, maybe. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm, I'm guessing. Not guessing, but I think it's something like that. Okay, fair enough. Dave Arcee Arstall, the man with the Sergeant D tattoo. Yeah. The Shadows, 1985, Manchester. Again, nothing wrong with the Shadows. They had riffs. Wayne Street, The Monkeys. Now this one here. Right. Nash Hymond. Long Beach Arena, 1984. Say no more. That made it. Yeah. Fucking that's unreal, isn't it? Yeah. Brian DeAndrade, Barry Manilow, 1978. <laughs> oh, you, I would not have said that, but that's your first one, isn't it? Uh, Andrew Bolton, Marillion, Blackpool, 1988. You see Marillion again? I don't think I've ever heard. And all I know is, is the Kaylee song that is, you know. The one that was, was was that number one? Did he get a number one? I don't know. Probably, and, and I'm not big into Marillion, but from the Fish era, yeah, uh, I've got one album, Clutching at Straws, and I think I've said to you before that's an album that it, it just every time I hear it, I think I need to listen to Marillion more. It's a fantastic yeah. album, but I know, but I think Pete suggested a few to you as well. He did, yeah. Um, he got a bit. He got a bit. Yeah, I've suggested that one. I really should have suggested this one. <laughs> he was getting really kind of great passion again I, I need to get started they're on my list definitely and I'm because I'm not really into Marillion I, I'm not one of these people that likes fish as opposed to the I think his name's Steve Hogarth the, 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 singer the now. current singer yeah. but I, you know I, I had an album a couple of years ago I think it was called Fear um, F-E-A-R and it was fantastic really good album so that might be one that you oh, could okay. yeah, yeah but again an, another band with a massive back catalogue yeah just, I mean how many albums have they had now Okay, so we had Duncan Black, Faith No More and Prong, 1990, oh, Manchester. Yeah. Real thing one, that, yeah. Frenchie, Tom Heesman, Craig of Filth, 2004. They've had a huge impact on him. Uh, yeah, you know, he, 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 he loved talk about them when we were at Bloodstock. And he's he, been a fan ever uh, since. Yeah, yeah. Craig Cooper, Twi- Choir Boys, 1987. Oh, a little bit of what you fancy. <laughs> Although that, that was very, uh, I mean, uh, I, I know they played a kind of, about 89, 90, they did Guildford Civic Hall. I was there. They? I was there. Yeah. Red Dogs um, in I don't know what. They, I didn't even know they were still... They, they had started that early. 87, yeah. they'd be going away. Scooter Lawrence. Um, well, they supported um, Guns N' Roses at the Hammersmith Okay. They, they, on, their, on their appetite tour, so... Uh, Craig Cooper... Uh, no, sorry. Uh, Scooter Lawrence, Tampa. Uh, Monsters of Rock, 1986. Oh, yeah, the... 
Metallica and Kingdom Come Van Halen Scorpions was it? Uh, it didn't I don't think he went into detail oh okay. he, he probably did but um, for the sake of the little notebook it's just M.O.R. <laughs> yeah. Andrew Matthews, M.O.R. 1986. Now, that would be... Uh, Aussie. Yeah. Craig Hogan, Slayer Mindfuck, Manchester Apollo. So, yeah, went on that tour. That we were at, actually. Oh, yeah. yeah. I was at the Hammersmith Odeon Did tour. you go to yeah. that one? Yeah. yeah. We actually won tickets from... Oh, wow. Uh, Crusher, actually. My brother Alex, he, he phoned in and uh, won tickets to... Yeah, so oh, we, awesome. we, we got to that. That's on the season of this one. It was great seeing... I really like Mindfunk. Really Do you? did. And it was great seeing them. I just... Slayer are always going to be a hard band to, to, to support. To support. Yeah, yeah. But I don't, think they, I don't think they went down terribly because they were quite the big thing at the time, Mindfunk, weren't they? They were. I, um, it didn't mate, last long. Yeah, they? mate, I loved them. I thought they were quite... I, uh, I, I thought they were shit. I thought they were shit. Yeah, my leather jacket... <laughs> Did you have it on your you leather know, the jacket? Mindfunk, the album the, the, for their Mindfunk, that is the main piece on my leather jacket. Is and it? the bottom piece, Wolfsbane. <laughs> Fucking hell. Yeah, what are you laughing? <laughs> yeah, oh. yeah. yeah, but the, the, the sleeves are um, yeah, hold a little bit anyway. more. Yeah, they hold a bit more. Uh, no, I'm, I'll, I'll stick with those. I'll, yeah, maybe not so much a fan of Wolfsbane anymore, but um, yeah, at the time, I think it was because they... They supported Maiden, didn't they? So I got into them because they were supporting Maiden. Uh, yeah, okay. That's fair. So we have Fernandez Prieto, Costa Rica 1990, Jeffro Toll, um, which is great to have someone that's um, over there going to see Yeah. Him. And then we had Chris Gambold, It Bites in Guildford Civic Hall. Oh, great venue. Yeah, so that was it for the first. Uh, um, oh, I just wanted to talk about Guildford Civic Hall. G Live. G Live. It's called G Live now on the same footprint of Guildford City Hall that got knocked down, and now it's called G Live. I am going there in November to see the 50th anniversary of Hawkwind with my father-in-law. Get in with that. That's going to be fucking brilliant. Still Dave Brock, is it? It's, oh uh, fuck me, yeah, yeah, yeah. Still going. Yeah, Def. Well, yes, but he's going to be in the band. Yeah, he's going on. I don't know. But um, yeah, it's going to be brilliant. It's a good venue, wouldn't it? Civic Hall. Civic Hall was good, yeah. yeah. It's just a shame it was stuck where it was because you're kind of banging in the middle of Portsmouth, yeah. uh, banging in uh, uh, London, and you know, you, very few bands really played there. Maiden apparently played there on the uh, Number of the Beast tour. Really? Apparently so. And I saw uh, Motorhead there in '91. Yeah, yeah, tour. yeah, yeah. '1916 tour, wasn't it? '1916 yeah, tour. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Brilliant. Good. Okay, so. For Guildford Civic Hall, yeah. Thrash Island Discs. On, Andrew man. Matthews. This was a cracker as well. Um, we had. We've done uh, Darren Robb, so you know the format. Thrash Island Discs. It is the. Um, you're on a desert island and you need to take some stuff with you that is important to you albums, icons, merch, that kind of thing. So. Andrew Matthews. The album, again, Nuclear Assault. Wow. Survive. Survive. That's, uh, yeah, no, I had that on constant rotation. I had that on record. It's one with equal rights on it. And uh, I'm trying to think, come on, I can't even remember what other songs are on. I was going to say Hanging the Pope, but I don't think that is on there, is it? I think Hanging the Pope's on something else. He Want to Be Free and all of that. That's what it's on Survive, I think. And he went to Nuclear Assault, Acid Rain and Reanimator, 
on the tour and he was absolutely hooked and that's what yeah. you know that's what got him into it the gig that he had wished that he had been on but didn't go to was a victory on their first UK tour right okay well what would that have been uh, what year 1990 89 no probably I, I don't know it's slowly we were off so, so they, did they come over and support slowly well, we I, I remember the Cause of Death tour but I didn't I don't know if they came over slowly grew up, but that'd be the the, the, the first album, wasn't it? Okay. But I remember seeing the video when well, you see it now on YouTube, the um, uh, uh, Headbangers Hall out. at the Marquee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just chaos, isn't it? Fucking mental, yeah. Absolutely chaos. But they were so different. Well, well not different. They were a death metal band, but they were so exciting as a death metal band. They kind of lead in the forefront of the new bands that were the, the, the coming through. The, the Morbid Angel, Obituary. Yeah, Florida and stuff, yeah, wasn't it? Yeah, Deicide. Album cover, suicidal tendencies, suicidal tendencies. The one where they're hanging upside oh, down. Oh yeah, yeah. On yeah. the climbing frame. Yeah. Favorite logo, suicidal tendencies. Yeah, it's got that kind of iconic. I'll be saying that. That font is really distinct, isn't it? Guilty pleasure. <laughs> this was great. Boney M. Yeah, I mean, Christ, that's unreal, isn't it? But it's your guilty pleasure, isn't it? Uh, they're no candy, mate, that's for sure. Night Flight to Venus is a belter, he said, so we'll take I, his word for I that. No I'm, idea what no. he just said then. Um, Favourite merch? Andrew is a big evil scarecrow um, fan, and he's also a bald man, so his, his, oh, right. his head gets gets cold in the winter, so yeah. Santa House, I Yeah, his evil scarecrow hat. Evil scarecrow. His thrash icon personality was Tom Araya. Okay, definitely iconic. Yeah, we've said that before. Uh, song that once you get into the pit, Slayer, Slayer, Necrophobic. Yeah, definitely. That's a just classic one, that, isn't it? And an album that um, released by a band that he loves, but the album was shit. <laughs> uh, Slayer, Diabolus in Musica. Ah, okay. Yeah. Splits a lot of people this yeah, album, doesn't it? Does. Some people see it as a bit of a classic. They, yeah, it's... Um... And some people like Andrew don't. Yeah, I'm trying to think about that. I'm trying to think of a tune off that one, and I can't. One doesn't spring to mind, to be honest. So it's not a classic for you? No. I don't know whether I'd hate it or not, though. I need to go back and listen to it. And a band that blew the main stage, the, the, the main the main band off the bill, they blew Slayer off the, off the, the stage. Sheen it? No, it was a monomath. So oh, it was okay, the yeah, yeah. Unholy Alliance tour, you had Trivium, Mastodon, uh, Monomath, and Slayer. And yeah, they just um, opened up. They had a big Viking singer, he says, you know, on, on stage. They had yeah. the stage show, even for a support band. And I don't know whether they blew Slayer off, off, off the stage, but they certainly, you know, he says, made an impact as the, the band that that's, really. That's really interesting. Yeah. I, I'm late to the I'm on a math um, party, but I'm, I, I like it. I like it. It's good. It's not like that fringe is a death metal, really, isn't it? So, were they once a death metal band or I'm on a math? Yeah, they're kind of. Um, I've only I've only got two of their albums, uh, Twilight of the Thunder Gods, and I think it's with Odin on our side. With Odin on our side, it's a brilliant, brilliant melodic death metal album. Oh, exactly. It's a really good, really good. Br- at times brutal but accessible death metal and I think that's why they've been cited as these death metal band that yeah. can take take the, the genre to the next level okay um, but yeah there's a really about 2005 or 4 that album a really really good good album I need to come back and get some of that because it's good and um, yeah definitely so 
that was it for Andrew Matthews Thrash Island Lovely. Disc. That's a great feature, thank you. And thank you for your participation and time. Really good. Uh, and we had our regular incoming and front live reporting yeah. and all that kind of stuff. Um, Just the recent ones, we, we put up Zentrex, didn't we? And that was uh, that, the uh, for Buried a, Buried a Pain video. That got quite a good reaction from a lot of members. So, a lot of love for Zentrex still. It's really good to, to, to see that. Yeah. So I think that sums it up, really. Lovely. That, that kind of, um, we're, we're moved, heading back into the areas where we feel more comfortable. <laughs> <laughs> As in geographically. Yeah, yeah, and we know where we are. And um, so, so, have you focused on anything particular that you've been listening to that people might get into? Uh, you want to talk about what we're listening to? Well, we've kind of summed up everything, really. Okay. Unless you've got anything you want to touch there on. There is that one thing I wanted to touch on, and it's kind of like a little insight into how the club works, really. Um, it's um, how, how me and Robbie bounce ideas off of one another. So I thought we could do that whilst it's rolling. Why not? Yeah. So I was thinking, I've always said, after Slayer, the uh, Wembley Arena show on their farewell tour, and uh, who did we meet? I forget the name of the guy that we met, the member. What, a Slayer? Yeah. There was a guy called Graham Fullager. Yeah. There was uh, Duncan P. Oh, yeah, it was Fullager, yeah. And, and, and just talking to him, and I just thought, you know, although it was a random number generator, we would definitely do Rain in Blood on the fortnight that Slayer's last show was on. And I thought, and, I, and I've stuck with it. But then I thought, <coughs> you know, a lot of people are just going to go, this is fucking brilliant, it's 10 out of 10. And there's no, when it comes out of the random generator, it will still happen. But I just felt, because it would be Slayer's last hurrah, I, I think it's in November. Why don't we close, not close the club down, but stop normal proceedings and have like a fortnight dedicated to Slayer. So every post for the 14 days is Slayer, something Slayer related. And we can sort of uh, modify the regular feature somewhat to incorporate Slayer in some way on that fortnight. Yeah. No, that's yeah. It's 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 a yes from me. I think it's just right and proper, and and you know yeah. people have got a problem with with Slayer as a thrash as the thrash icons they have. That you know that's understandable. Not everyone is into Still Slayer. Still contribute to it. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not everyone's into Slayer, and um, but they you know I think that the breadth and width of what Slayer have done, what they do, who they've influenced, the albums, yeah. the songs, the the. the the, the concerts, the you know, the people that they are, there's so much that we can get into. And yeah. you know, it won't just be like a, two weeks of opening it out there and people just giving it, you know, they, there'll be structure, won't there? There'll, yeah. there'll be well, certain certain things that we can do. I'm, so I'm thinking one of the things was uh, first and last Slayer gigs. Yeah. I think that might be a good one to see uh, where your first and last one was. Um, obviously, we got Dreamweaver. Dreamweaver. We can pick someone. I've got someone in mind that might ask. Yeah. Um, top five gigs. I was thinking maybe uh, we could, you know, maybe you know, let's say first and last would kind of get covered by that. I was thinking of, you know, how because how many albums of Slayer have? Uh, Is it? Are we talking 10, 12? We could maybe just feature, not review the album, just say what we think about it. On, you know, each day so Is it 11? So it'd be almost on one a day. Um, we could show some Slayer tickets for A to Z of Slayer. We could just have a Slayer special on what ticket was special for you. 
yeah, we, you know, there'll definitely be some structure to it, and I just think um, we could uh, we could do that for the full. We could. I definitely think we could get 14 days worth of Slayer-related stuff. And definitely, I think there'll be some YouTube footage that we can share of the last show, and it's going to be interesting to see how Tom is going to be. Because after that, the Wembley show, and I think it's pretty much every single show on this run of the last show, is at the end, everyone says goodbye and they throw pigs and drumsticks into the crowd, and then the other three members leave, and then it's just Tom alone, yeah, and he doesn't really say a lot, does he? But he just kind of just. He's, on, he's obviously kind of emotional. I just wonder if he's going to say yeah. something or do something on the last gig of the last show yeah. I don't know and then this time next year we'll do it all again when they do the very last the very last, last show what is it got one fan yeah <laughs> <laughs> and they'll do it again won't they? they'll, they'll come along with you know, I think that's no. it now yeah oh that was it a discussion future of Slayer as in what are the new you know the remaining members going to be doing I mean Kerry's made Kerry King has made no bones about saying that he will be continuing playing music. Um, be interesting. We we've all run out. We've all run sort of theories and stuff like that. Be interesting to see what everyone else thinks about uh, what the future holds for Slayer, as in the individual parts. Because I mean, the current lineup of Slayer is fucking phenomenal, isn't it? And and who who then takes their crown in the big four? Yeah. Does, is it yeah. Exodus? Is it Testament? So we could do a flash poll. Oh, yeah. That's a great one. Yeah. Uh, excuse me, I'm just looking at... You're fingering through. Yeah, fingering through. I had, I had some ideas as well that... Oh, well, go on, go on. Yeah. No, 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 we'll, uh, we'll discuss them when I find them, because at the moment I'm just okay. fingering through the notebook. But, uh, yeah, that kind of... That, no, that, that's fantastic. But that's kind of what happens with the group, is not just me and Carl, but members contact either myself or Carl and suggest something yeah. and we bounce it off each other we bounce it off the members and we don't want to throw something straight in there that's come straight from a member because you know sometimes they're a bit wacky yeah sometimes they're they're, they're great and um, yeah we you know we want to throw it in you know Carl's posting something most days so we oh, there's got to be a, yeah, there's got to be a right yeah. time to be you can't just throw someone's doing a dream weaver and then we kind of throw in another post before it because it you, you don't want to take the momentum away Definitely from the dream weaver yeah, before yeah. it so um there's a time and a place for a lot of the posts so whilst we've got a few ideas running around it's um you know as and when and yeah, what's right yeah but and of course as far as the slayer fortnight goes um we will get the dates up about when that's going to be it's in like about six weeks time i think is it um maybe a bit more uh, but if you've got some ideas i know you know i i would like to see this as a, you know message me or message robbie and we can you know, we'll definitely ban the ideas around that believe me this is you know if you suggest something you will definitely get the credit because i think that's important as well we're not going to steal it and go oh we've come up with a great idea fuck that you know it's not about that it's about if it's a great idea and you came up with it you will get full uh credit for it well uh, key member um neil brannigan fuller he's yeah, he, he's, yeah. He, he's come up with a fantastic um, he's always, uh, you may have seen it, he's always scouring the, um, the depths of Bandcamp, looking yeah. for new bands to see, to support, and he's, yeah, it's certainly something that he's going to be involved with doing it as a regular feature as yeah, well now. Definitely, he's going yeah. to be kind of maintaining that for the group, and uh, that's great because it just, um, 
it almost like kind of um, brings out that little bit more that the group can do in yeah. promoting music for bands that are out there that you know we know that people would would love to hear. Yeah, yeah. You may not have listened to before, may not have heard. Well, definitely, I'd say a case of Bandcamp. I mean, you know, some of these bands are you know a lot more unsigned and just doing the odd gig. So if it's good, we'll, we'll get it out there and get and get some uh, people listening to it. Right? Yeah. I mean, I, I will listen to every single one that you post. That's for sure. Yeah. Uh, so it's it is, it's great to have recommendations from definitely. members. Yeah. So what have you? Are we recommending? Are we, what have you? Are closing up? We're yeah. talking about what we're listening to. I but, think so. We're pretty much done. Well, okay. So I have uh, I, I I wrestled with myself <laughs> on whether I should say it, yeah. uh, whether I could say it or not because obviously um, big thanks to, to Tim Finch for um, he's he's asked to to uh, for us to review some albums and, and to write some stuff for his website Razor's Edge. Uh, it's a .rocks, isn't it? Yeah. .com. And it's a um, great website. I'm, I'm just really uh, thankful for him for him to do it. And he um, he, uh, he he had the Acid Rain album, so I wrestled with myself and thought I have got it on pre-order. I want to listen to it, but I, I have listened to the new Acid Rain album and I've done a review, and I think it's coming out on uh, on Razor's Edge in a few a few days' time. I think they're doing a bit of a bit of a feature a bit of a uh, rolling out the, the carpet for it so we'll be able to hear what I say about it but I have heard it and uh, it's it's really fucking good there's no good. question about that yeah I'm, I'm really looking forward to it after hearing Ripped Apart uh, Uprising yeah and yeah. obviously the new low and the Suzanne Vega cover um, Love Makes Noise and yeah uh, and the old was it the old head podcast the one that done the yeah. online review thing uh, the, the YouTuber who, who um, he, he's a member now. He joined. It was great. Um, he, I, I agree with pretty much all of his his review. He really does. He does. He does hit it. And I think even H said this guy gets us in spot. And as far as as Asker said, I, I I agreed with everything that he said. Really, I didn't couldn't disagree with anything he did say. So great, and great review as well. And a great beard. Everyone was saying, wasn't it? <laughs> it did have a good beard. Fantastic. Beard. But yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really looking forward to getting that cyan vinyl, whacking that needle on and just yeah. uninterrupted. Yeah. Interesting to see what you think. Oh, it, yeah, definitely. yeah. No, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, anything else then that you may have... Uh, Opeth? Yeah. The new Opeth, again, you uh, you said that to me. Maybe Tim's not too happy because... He, uh, yeah, I, I did hear that. There's a lot to take in on that one, isn't there? There is, but that's Opeth, really. Yeah, yeah. it is. It's... Uh, it's uh, a, a full one, um, and of course the new album of the Fortnite that we Banger. posted a couple of days ago and opened the poll today. Um, just, I mean, that is um, something else. That has it's a classic. Of it. If ever there was a classic, it is a classic. It is a classic. It's a banger. Um, but you know, some good comments come out. Eh? I mean, I, I'm, you know, again, just really good. Not fabulous disaster though, is it? That's <laughs> going to be the flashpole. It has to be the flashpole. That yeah, that's is what it seems to be. Is it going to be blood or is it going to be fabulous? Disaster? Yeah, it seems a lot of people. Are, 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 I reckon that'd be if we get a good a good turnout, that'd be tight. That one, I think. I think it will. But for me, fabulous disaster. Just and everyone's saying, you know, oh yeah, toxic walks. But for me, corruption. Yeah. The opening riff on corruption. Uh, 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 yeah, just, yeah. That, that, that is maybe is the one that gets you in. The, gets me in the pit. in the pit. Well, maybe yeah. we should get you to do your. Um, Thrash Island discs. Yeah, yeah. That, that, we got a good one. Like yeah, that. we got a great um, Thrash Island disc coming up actually in uh, yeah Thursday. Some really, really 
really good one. Awesome. Um, yeah, so that's oh, it. I'm also going to be definitely this uh, next fortnight. We will start the clash of the or the thrash of the titans and get this battle of the bands thing going up and going on. I totally forgot about it, and but we had quite a bit to post over this weekend, so I was going to post it on, I think the Saturday after we post the album, but I will do that next, so we're not going to do it next Saturday, it's going to be a flash poll next Saturday, it'll be Saturday after that, I will definitely do be thrash of the Titans. Thrash of the Titans. Thrash of the Titans, over goodness knows how many weeks, we will find out which is the best thrash band. And... I've just got to reiterate, Opeth, if you're, if you're into yeah. Opeth, that um, you know what you're going to get basically now with Opeth. Uh, it's, um, it's not death metal. No, it's certainly not. Anyone so, thinking it's death metal is going to be disappointed. But it's 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 a very rewarding listen and uh, definitely worth, um, yeah, definitely worth checking out and um, investing some time and money in. You know, it's definitely worth picking up the physical copies of these albums. Yeah. And yeah, that's it really. So... Yeah, sorry, it's been a bit of a long one. Uh, that you're still with us, thank still, you. Yeah, thank you very much. Yeah, but um, yeah, sorry, it's been a bit of a long one. We'll, we'll get back to normal resume. <laughs> normal service will resume. And certainly because we're going to be talking fucking ages about uh, the exit out. That's for sure. Yeah. That's, uh, that's, that's generated quite a bit. And the Acid Rain album. The Acid Rain album will be out. We'll be talking a lot about that. Okay. Until the next time. <laughs>